Welcome to the Audience Converter Podcast, the podcast for converting your audience from strangers to loyal fans. We dive deep and discuss how entrepreneurs, consultants, and coaches can level up their business to help more people in the world. Now here's your host, the creator of the Audience Conversion Method, Kimberly Whitecamp. Are you a little lost when it comes to marketing? Not sure where to spend your time, how to bring in the right people, or even where to get started? You know you should be doing it, but you just can't manage to figure out a method that actually works for you and your business. Join me at Audience Conversion Live happening February 23rd through the 25th, where we're going to dive deep into the audience conversion method, give you a strategy to get started with your marketing today, and you'll get the copy written for the beginning of your customer's journey. That includes a landing page, an email sequence, and uh, what's popularly known as a lead magnet. Join me and check it out at theaudienceconverter.com slash live. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Audience Converter Podcast for community leaders. We talk about exactly how you can attract, build, grow, and of course, convert your audience and your community to grow your business and make a bigger impact. I'm Kimberly Whitecamp, your host, conversion copywriter, and a marketing strategist. And today, I'm talking about something that everybody loves to have, but no one really wants to talk about, and that is money and how entrepreneurs relate to money and how they can improve that money conversation in their head and, of course, improve their business along the way. And as always, I have a wonderful guest to help me with this. I met Janet in a fellow podcasting group, and she's an amazing podcaster and an amazing person. She is a reform corporate executive turned serial entrepreneur, and she found her passion in coaching others. She is a professional butt kicker. Is that her uh, fun little title there? And she challenges her clients to get out of their own way and get into massive action using a 10-step process she developed while coaching over a 1,000 entrepreneurs in 16 countries. We've got a global person here. Janet helps her clients start or grow their business, make lots of money, and invest it for long-term growth and security. She's also the host. As I mentioned, I met her as a fellow podcaster, she's the host of the Breakaway Entrepreneur Podcast and author of the Amazon best-selling book, Quit Your Day Job, 10 Steps to Finding Financial Freedom. So Janet, I am so excited to have you on the show and talk about money. Welcome. Thank you so much, Kimberly. I'm super happy to be here. Right? So money is one of those things that all of us are kind of like, we're in this weird situation with it. Most of us want more of it or would like to stop worrying about it. But then we're also kind of afraid to talk about it, to talk about how it works, talk about what we want to do with it, all of those great and wonderful things. So as you're a reformed corporate executive, I love when people introduce themselves as such. Tell me a little bit about your journey from being in corporate and uh, being in that environment to becoming the serial entrepreneur with a passion in the money conversation. Yeah, so let's just start with, like you talk about people and their relationship with money. People don't think that they actually have a relationship with money, but we all do. And so that's one of the things when I'm talking to people about investing their money, we talk about that money mindset. So we'll just start with we all have that. I was brought up in a family where you didn't talk about your money. We, we were quite well off, but we never talked about it. My dad never talked about it because it was like a bad thing to be to be wealthy. So I went on my career as a corporate executive, as I 
said, and I had, I had a lot of money because I had gone to some startups and I'd worked really hard and I was a high paid executive, but it was all sitting in a, in, in with a, a, um, a broker somewhere. I didn't even know w- what it was invested in. And so I got this wild hair that I should, I should take control of my money and where it's invested. And I decided I want to, I wanted to start investing in real estate. And so I joined an a group of entrepreneurs only, I was never going to quit my job, I was only there to learn how to invest my money in real estate and learn the, the ups and downs and the pros and cons of doing real estate. Well, it's a funny thing when you start hanging out with entrepreneurs, because when you do, you start to get some of that entrepreneurial desire, I don't know. And so what happened was my company eliminated my job and they said, well, you could, we'll find you another job in the company if you want. And I was like, no, this is the time that the universe is saying to me, it's time to break out on your own and become an entrepreneur. And so I did. And my first, uh, it sounds a little crazy, but my first foray into being an entrepreneur was to do, I found some land in Mexico with a partner. So that's another key uh, important thing. I didn't know how to do land development in Mexico, but I partnered with someone who did. And we raised $5 million to buy land in Mexico. I mean, that was my like my first foray out of corporate. And for anyone who's saying, well, how can you do that? Because everyone in my life said, you can't do that. It's the same skills. It's the same selling skills. It's the same promoting skills that I use to raise that money that I use to sell software. And so that's kind of how I got started. That is one of the most interesting uh, transitions I have found so far. Uh, you know what? I'm a corporate person. I sell software. And now I'm just going to become a land developer in a country yeah. I don't even live in. That is that's very great, right? And it's it just goes to show that there's no right or wrong path to entrepreneurship. But I, I have to agree with you. When you start hanging out with entrepreneurs, you never go back. Um, you know, when I first started my business, I, I didn't really think of myself as an entrepreneur. I thought of myself as a freelancer and then uh, quickly discovered why that's a bad term to use for yourself. But I transitioned to becoming, you know, and focusing in on audience converter and working with entrepreneurs because I met a bunch of entrepreneurs at a conference and I was like, I want to hang out with more of these people. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Entrepreneurs are amazing people. Uh, they work really hard. They're very creative. They're very persistent and and we have freedom, so we get to do things that a lot of people who have jobs nine to five don't get to do. Absolutely. Freedom is a big, big push for a lot of people. And part of that freedom that people are searching for as an entrepreneur is to, you know, generate their own income or not have to worry about whether or not is my job going to get eliminated. So tell me a little bit about, you know, you, you got started because you realized maybe you should take control of your own investments. And then uh, you did and you met a bunch of entrepreneurs. And now you kind of teach other people how, how to do that. So Tell me, uh, what are some of the most common like stopping points or misconceptions around this idea for entrepreneurs? So I'll just start with what I think is one of the, the biggest misconceptions, and that is entrepreneurs, they get an idea, they go out and they implement it, and they become a millionaire. Like that is the most ridiculous story that I have ever heard. I have never met in all my years, 15 years of hanging out with entrepreneurs, anybody who hasn't failed many, many, many more times than they have succeeded. And, and it's what you do with those failures, what you do with those challenges that defines you as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur. So I say misconception number one is that it's easy. Uh, but mis- misconception number two is that you have to do it alone. 
because I started out and I, even though I was in this group of entrepreneurs, I, I've always kind of been the Lone Ranger thinking I knew how to do it and I could do it and I love a challenge and all of that. And boy, I found out that it's so much easier and also it's so much more fun when you engage with other people and let them support you in your entrepreneurship, in your growing your business, in your figuring out your business, in overcoming your challenges. You know, you have to which I'm really, I, I'm horrible at, but I'm getting much better at it. You have to show vulnerability and, and, to, and to ask, well, you don't have to, but it certainly helps if you show vulnerability and to other people and you allow them to help you and assist you when you're going through those challenges. So to me, those are the two biggest misconceptions about being an entrepreneur is you don't have to do it alone. And you know, it's it's just something that you that you have your community, build your community, uh, and then allow them to support you on your journey. I could not agree more. One of the reasons I I started this and I uh, I decided to focus in on what I focused in on is because. I knew as a person who started on my own, I had that idea, right? I have to do this by myself. I'm not going to be successful if I rely on other people. Um, you know, I've got a unique background. No one else can relate to it. So I have to do it by myself. And I realized as soon as I started seeking out others, as soon as I started uh, getting involved in copywriting groups, even, um, you know, people who couldn't hire me necessarily, but were going through what I was going through and could show me the ropes or, you know, we're only two steps ahead, but that was enough information. It became such a different experience for me. And it's one of those things where, you know, you should ask for help. <laughs> but we have this idea in our head that if we ask for help, then we're not a success. And I'm definitely of the mentality that, you know, why should you be focusing on the things you're not good at when there is somebody who's good at that and loves doing it and would be happy to support you because you'd be supporting them? I couldn't agree with you more. So, you know, here we focus on community building and you mentioned how, you know, having a community around you can get you so much further than just going it alone. So from that perspective, you know, you mentioned when you, you did the land development deal that you had somebody who knew what they were doing. So if somebody is looking for help on, you know, growing their money or figuring out a, a new business idea, do you have any advice on how to go about finding the right people and making sure that uh, the people you connect with are a right fit for you? So I would say that everybody should invest in themselves. Uh, I, I'm a coach. And yet I hire coaches or mentors. And I always have somebody that I am paying a significant amount of money to help me get to my next level. Not everybody's going to hire somebody, uh, but I certainly think that programs or, I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, right? I mean, I spent 15 years talking to over a thousand clients to develop a 10-step process on how do you build the business. Like go and find, and, I, and I've got a free a document that will talk you through what those 10 steps are. So start with something that somebody has already created or already figured out and then expand upon that to make it your own. I'd say that's where you start. Don't sit in your house in a vacuum and trying to figure out how to do it. Other people have done it and there's plenty of free information to get you started out there, not the least of which is my document that talks about the 10 steps to building to building your business. Absolutely. I, I love that. Ten there's steps. my blatant, there's my blatant, my, my blatant plug right there. Sorry about that, Kimberly. No worries. No worries. We'll, we'll talk about that at the end for sure. But you know, it, it's true, right? Why start from the beginning? A lot of people, 
you know, I was talking to somebody about an upcoming event I'm planning and I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm going to go and invest in myself and get some templates to get started. And people were like, but you're a copywriter. And I said, yes, but with a template, somebody who's figured it out already, I'm not starting from scratch. I'm not staring at a blank page. What I'm looking at is, oh, here's a framework. Now I'm going to adapt it and make it my own, but I'm not starting from zero. I don't have to go and fail 50 times to make sure that I get the right one because marketing and writing and copywriting and business building, essentially, it's all about testing. See what works, see what does it and move on from there. So why would you want to start at step zero, right? Yep. I couldn't agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you, you recommend getting an idea about uh, where's your starting point, which, you know, always a great first step is to figure out where you are and say, okay, it's okay to be where I am. Now, let me see if I can find some information, free or not. Uh, you know, free resources are always great to see if you like the way somebody approaches it, and then you can see about investing in their higher tiers. But, you know, free information, there's a lot of it out there. The internet is an amazing thing. It's a great starting point. But then once you've got kind of a foundation or a base, what are some things that uh, maybe entrepreneurs don't think about as potential revenue streams or potential ways to grow their business uh, and their money? So I think I, I come from the basics that content is the most important thing. We're, we're, I'm assuming I'm framing this around marketing, right? I'm framing this around the marketing conversation because marketing, mm -hmm. let's face it, is how you, you grow your business Absolutely. and get more customers, right? So I'm a firm believer that content is the most important part of marketing, providing great information to solve the problems that your your target market, your customers have. And so I, I, I started a podcast because I couldn't blog anymore. I blogged for years and I was like, I cannot write another blog, but I need to continue to create content. And so I'd say that is one of the most important things. And, and there's a thousand ways to do it, right? You know, you have, I have 10 steps. Everybody who's got some intellectual property has three steps to something or five steps to something or you know, things you shouldn't do. So start there and just create content from it. Have somebody interview about it, write a book, an ebook about it, write a one pager about it. I mean, do a video about it. I mean, there's content. I, I mean, I could go on and on and on. You know this better than anybody. Content is the most important thing. And I'd say get out of your own way and just start creating it. If you're worried that I, you're not a writer or you don't know what to say, hire somebody like Kimberly, like hire somebody. And it's, I mean, I don't know what you cost, but I know that people can work with you for not a gazillion dollars and get them started in some really good quality content with great copy that you've tested that starts to convert so people can start seeing more leads come in and then some more money coming into their pocket. It doesn't have to take months and months and months. I mean, I have clients, especially through this COVID, they're like, my job's not coming back. And our, I don't think it is. So I've always wanted to start a business. We've, I've worked with them to start a business within a couple of weeks and they already have clients. I mean, it doesn't have to take a long time. That's so very, very true, right? I think that's another big myth, right? Uh, it's not real or it's only possible if it takes a super long time. But then, of course, we have that juxtaposed with this really pervasive thing that you see on online marketing. I launched my store and the next morning I was a millionaire, right? Which you yeah. know, both of us know is not ever really true. There's always some sort of backstory and multiple failures in that. But, you know, it doesn't have to be something that's going to take you forever. You can make progress. And 
it's one of those things where you kind of just have to realize that moving forward, even if it's not in an as big a leap as you wanted, is still better than the place you started at. Well, and, and, and I'll reiterate this again. It doesn't co- have to cost a lot of money to do it. Like, I would say absolutely two things that you absolutely need. And it's a shameless plug for me and for you. Someone to guide you along and someone to write your compelling copy for you or help you develop the right content for the problem that you solve or the problem that your clients are are presenting you with. And, And they don't have to be super, super expensive, but get some help to get you going, to get your momentum going, to hold you accountable. Because I don't I think people try to do it in a vacuum. And then they inevitably quit because they, they could just, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. They're running in circles, but they have no idea what they're doing. Like they're working really hard trying to figure out how to run a, start a business, but they don't know what they're doing. And so they need people like you and me to help them solidify the message that is the problem that they're solving to their specific community. And that's the place to start. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, uh, I recall I forget where I first heard this kind of analogy, if you will, but uh, it's that idea of if you know 10% more, then you know so much more than the person you're going to help. So a lot of us have this idea, like when we do finally decide, okay, it's time for me to look for help with somebody. The only options we see sometimes are the ones that are like, oh, the people who work with the ones who were like 50 steps ahead of us. But that's not necessarily a great fit for us because we need somebody who's maybe a little bit closer or to take us to that next step as opposed to taking us to 50 steps away because you have to bridge that divide first. So, you know, it doesn't have to be super expensive because you can find somebody who maybe they're a little bit newer to what they're doing. Maybe they've been doing this for five years instead of 15 years like Janet is, but that five years is way more information and way more knowledge than the newbie has. So absolutely, it's still a great deal for them to get that guidance and to get that help. Yeah. And I, I love what you say because the 10% better, because there's a lot of people who suffer from, well, who am I to be a coach? Who am I to coach people on health, wellness, whatever? I remember when I first started, I went through an incredibly rigorous coaching program. I mean, I never sweat that much in my whole life as that that four days or whatever it was that they put us through breaking boards. And we had, it was just really, really rigorous. But I got out of there and I remember, I still remember the names of my first half a dozen clients. And I was really, literally, I don't even know if I was 10% better than them, but, or, you know, further ahead than them. But I was flying by the seat of my pants, acting as if doing what I did in best service to them. I mean, I did the absolute best I could for them, but you all have to start somewhere. And so I I talk a lot about getting out of your own way. And one of the ways you get out of your own way is to say, what I know is good enough to help that person. I don't need to be 50 paces in front of them. I need to be one pace in front of them or two paces in front of them because I'm here to help that person and I can help that person. And in every person that I help, I get better. Absolutely. You know, there's no better learning tool or teaching tool than you teach somebody else to do it. And then it really solidifies it in your mind. I mean, I, I had the same thing, right? I, I went through my copywriting certification program. I did all of the training. I passed the exam and I went to my first conference and I was like, I don't have any samples. I don't have anything to point to. Like, who am I to be doing this? But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do exactly what these people asked for. Most of them had a, uh, 
like a short brief of what they were looking for. They were mostly looking for ideas. They're like, we just need new ideas. And then if you need help, we're used to working with newer people, but we're still looking for new ideas. That was what was valuable. And I got three projects out of that first conference because I just realized like, what are people looking for? What's that two steps ahead where they aren't at, right? Or somebody who's seen something 10 times before, so it doesn't uh, register with them anymore. So getting a fresh set of eyes is really powerful for them. Yeah, I, I love that, you know, you, you only need like those three steps ahead, which are we're gonna go really, really great. So I wanna transition a little bit here. We've talked a lot about building your business, how to build your business, why it's so important to get some help because you're just gonna accelerate so much faster when you have somebody who can show you the ropes, show you what to avoid and explain the things that you don't even know that you need explanations on. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, community specifically in your world, right? You are on a lot of different places, right? You mentioned that you had a blog and that you did that for several years and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And now you have a podcast, right? And you've got email and LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your community and what the process is to, to bring people into your community and convert them from strangers to loyal fans. So I will admit this is the area that I have been focused on since December of last year. And uh, that's why I started a podcast. One of my mentors had, had mentioned that I should do that. And I did that because I had I built my business on referrals and networking and all of that. And I had not built my business specifically online. Um, and so I'm still I'm still a neophyte at it. I, I don't know all the answers to it, but I can tell you that my community is a Facebook group. And I go back and forth learning more about pages versus groups, but it sounds like groups are where you, where you want to go. I have a huge uh, set of connections. I have over 8,000 connections on LinkedIn, so I go out on LinkedIn almost every day. I try to provide good content. I try to post every day, Monday through Friday. And so I just try to engage my clients with good content, information that they can use a place where they can go to be supported and ask questions and i'll and I'll, maybe i'll ask like you what's the best way to really do that i mean I, i'm still learning it you certainly know a, a lot better than i i mean I, i'll switch the seat for two seconds and just say how do people really how do people grow a community online would you be willing to answer that question absolutely so you know we can't go too deep in but uh, one of the things I noticed is that you're all about creating really great content, which is incredibly powerful. But you want to make sure for, you know, your first step that you're creating the right content. So if you've been doing and creating content for quite a while on social, for example, what I would do is go and look back at anything that you can have uh, statistics at and see which ones got the most interaction, which ones got the most comments, which ones were people things that really sparked a conversation and then create more content around those ideas because you really want to be, uh, you know, providing the help and the solutions that people are looking for around their top concerns. And then my second one is I'm a big proponent of, yes, you want to be in more than one place, but focus on one to start. So, you know, which one is the one that's the most likely to have your audience, do you feel? And then spend a good at least 30 days of only really focusing on that one and putting your most time and effort into that one and then tracking everything. I mean, it's one of those things that most of us are like, oh, yeah, you know, I, uh, I did this thing. I sent an email about this new thing I've got going and I got crickets. And then I asked this person, I was like, well, uh, you know, how many people opened that message? They're like, oh, well, I'd have to go look. I don't really know. 
So if you don't even know how many people have seen your message versus how many people took action or even how many people then clicked through to whatever it is that you're talking about, maybe they didn't take that final step of buying, but did they take the first step of opening the message? Did they take the second step of clicking through to the next page? Did they take the third step of staying on that page for at least 10 seconds or 15 seconds that implies they started to read it? I mean, there are so many different things that you can track. So when building a community, you know, my big thing is uh, it's, it's threefold, right? Make sure you're using the right content. Uh, focus on one channel to start and see how well it performs for you. And then you can add and subtract as need be. And then the third thing, of course, is move them to your community as soon as possible. So move them to email. From my world, it's email. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Messenger's the place where it's at now. Everyone opens it. Everyone sees it. And I'm like, yes, but, you know, Facebook is always changing their mind about what they're going to let you do. And you still don't control the conversation when it's on Messenger, right? It's not your world. Facebook can change how it how it lets you access that at any time. So the third step is always move them to your conversation as soon as possible so that you can start to control that conversation. And when I say control, I don't mean in a, oh, I'm only going to let them know certain things, but knowing that when you send something out, they're going to see it as opposed to even if you post in a group on Facebook now, you don't know when someone's going to see that, if they're going to see it, if they're going to see it in time. You know, I've been scrolling through Facebook here lately and like I'll see posts from a group that get closed on the day they're posted, you know, it's Tuesdays only or something, and it doesn't show up in my feed until Thursday. So that's not very useful, right? Yeah. Well, let me add one other thing to that, because I I, I just want to say one email is not enough. Like, I oh, can't no. <laughs> tell you how many clients will say, yeah, I, I, you know, I emailed somebody, I heard crickets. Well, how many times did you email them? Once. Okay, well, then you're going to get crickets. Like, Absolutely. seven. what do they say, seven to 20 times before people will actually take action. So if you're out there thinking, well, you know, I, I only sent out one email, that's not going to, that's not going to work it for you. Like use the technology to create autoresponder messages and send tw- seven to 20 messages to follow up. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that they had sent maybe two or three messages to their list, but it didn't really matter how many they sent, because if you don't know your stats, right, yeah. if you don't know even how many people opened it, you can't really claim that you got crickets because if people open that message, then something about it resonated with them. Maybe they weren't ready to take that next step, but then everybody who opened that message is a potential person you can reach out to personally or with a mass message, but only for those people who opened to ask for feedback, to to let them know about other opportunities around the same type of thing. I mean, there's so many potential avenues for you to pursue and to really build the relationship with your list, right? Uh, I'm not a proponent. Well, any CRM, decent CRM these days does all those things for you. So it's, uh, it's, it's super easy. It is. It's super easy. And I'm a big fan of, you know, I don't like using the word leads when I can avoid it because leads implies like they're just a name or they're just a number until they buy something from you. But for me, it's really everybody who joins my list. I want to know who they are, who they're serving, how I can best help them. So even if they don't buy that first time, I want to know, was it the right thing for them? Was it useful for them? Did they get value out of that? All of those really great questions. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about building your business, how to, you know, have that money conversation with yourself and with others. You know, if you had to give people one action step after listening to this episode, what would it be? 
Well, I would identify what you want. Like I, I can't give an action step that said, if you want to build a business, you know, do the X. So I would say identify, first thing to do is identify one area of where you are and where you want to go. So one area where there's a gap between where you are and where you want to go. And then the next step would be put together a written down plan on how you're going to get from there to there. Right. And then execute on it. Written down plan, not something that goes in a drawer. Even if it's my written down plan, one piece of paper, I scribble what I'm going to do. And so that's what I would say. Figure out your gap, one area of where you are and where you want to go. Identify that and then have a written down plan of the steps you're going to take in the next 30 days to get from where you are to where you want to go. And that right there was the really powerful part of that whole process. A is writing it down, but B is setting a timeline for yourself, right? 30 days, how am I going to get there? What do I want to do? Because so many people, they have this idea of, well, I want more money, but it needs to be a concrete goal. What does that look like? Does more money mean raising your prices? Does more money mean more clients? Does more money mean a group program so you can get more people in for less of your time and more money? Like, what does that mean? And then setting out that plan for 30 days. I love those action steps. Thank you so much, Janet. So no, I want to say action. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and for, for coming on and sharing your time with us today. If people want to learn more about you and what you do, how can they get in touch with you? So my contact information is below, but I mentioned the free 10 steps. And so it is, and that link will be below as well. It's uh, www.breakawaybusinesscoaching slash freedom. And that's the 10 step process to building a profitable business. Fantastic. Definitely make sure to go to breakawaycoaching.com slash freedom to get those 10 steps, the 10 steps setting up your business for success, because all of us know we could use a little help and planning in figuring all of that strategy stuff out. Janet, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for having me. Great conversation. I love chatting with you. It's always a fun time, and I always have a lot of great conversations with my guests. And remember, one of the things we did talk about on this lovely interview with Janet was about email and the importance of email and the importance of building a connection and a relationship with people. So if you're looking to build your relationship with new subscribers to your email list, be sure to go to theaudienceconverter.com slash giveaway to get your free guide on how to craft the perfect welcome series. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, until next time, keep calm and download the 10 Steps to Business Freedom. Thanks for listening to the Audience Converter Podcast. For more information and important links about today's show or for access to our website, visit theaudienceconverter.com. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.